Coming up on Stu Does America, there was a time when even a hint of sexual impropriety could ruin a person's career. And yet Joe Biden gets to keep sniffing and fondling his way towards the presidency. What gives exactly? We'll get onto that as well as uh, Ami Horowitz is here to discuss uh, his horrifying video showing how many people would actually be willing to let coronavirus ravage our population if it meant Donald Trump would lose the 2020 election. And Rob Eno joins us to talk a little bit more about how Biden and how publications uh, like the New York Times are letting him slide in a way they would never let a conservative candidate slide. If you're not already subscribed to our free content, why not head over to YouTube, Facebook, Pluto TV, any of your favorite podcast platforms, and follow us today. Since it won't cost you a dime, do us a favor. Toss us a quick rating, uh, maybe a five-star review or something like that. I'm not, I don't want to influence you. Just something like that. Say you dig our stuff. It's great. Whatever. That would be fantastic. And if you like what you're seeing on this show, consider a Blaze TV subscription to get a ton more conservative content that you will like. Go to blazetv.com slash stew and input the promo code stew so that they know that you like this stupid show. And you'll get 30 bucks off for your efforts. I hope you all really enjoyed our coronavirus free hour on Friday. I know I did. With that in mind, I promise you nothing of the sort today. Grab your N95 masks, everybody. Stu does America. You know, Twitter can be really difficult. In fact, some of the most acute pain I've ever felt between my ears has come from the bowels of the Twitterverse. For example, does it take 18 months for twins to be born or nine? Hmm. Actually, not a bad question. I don't, I don't know the answer to it. I'm sorry. Uh, how about uh, having true passion is the key to longevity? Longevity. Yes, uh, it's something you may not have thought that much about. Or uh, any one of the following. I mean, I love it when you can still smell your boyfriend's colon on you. Or I've got a new colon flavor today. Or the smell of your colon in the air. I think they mean cologne. Uh, maybe worst of all, the smell of my brother's colon. <laughs> you know. You don't want to say that. Luckily, we have a brand new entry in the worst tweets ever uh, competition from The New York Times. No other allegation about sexual assault surfaced in the course of our reporting, nor did any former Biden staff corroborate Reid's allegation. We found no pattern of sexual misconduct by Biden uh, beyond hugs, kisses and touching that women previously said made them uncomfortable. (laughs) Oh, I get it. So you didn't find any pattern except for the pattern you already found that is that's pretty deep. If you eliminate all the previous examples of something, it's impossible to find a pattern. By definition, a pattern has to be something that is repeated. If you get rid of all the times that this has happened before, that it's never happened before. It's not a good argument. We looked into the murder accusation against Ted Bundy, but could find no pattern of behavior behind uh, behind beyond all of his previous murders. Which is a good point. The story itself is an amazing example of the double standards that constantly infect the media. Gone are the dramatic and colorful retellings of the horrific moments in question. Gone are the empathy building and personalization. Instead, we get something that reads like a police blotter. Accuser claims this, accuser claims that, Biden campaign denies, person who used to work for Biden denies. Person who still works for Biden denies. Person who actually is Biden denies. Blah, 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 blah. 
And the tweet has morphed in the story to be much more definitive. No other allegation about sexual assault surfaced in the course of reporting, nor did any former Biden staff members corroborate any details of Ms. Reed's allegation. The Times found no pattern of sexual conduct by Mr. Biden. Mm. Gone is the other than hugs, kisses and touches that women previously said made them uncomfortable portion. In the middle of the piece, the Times somehow finds it appropriate to spend 141 words on Donald Trump, someone who has absolutely nothing to do with the story. President Trump has been accused of sexual assault and misconduct by more than a dozen women who have described a pattern of behavior that went far beyond the accusations against Mr. Biden. I'm sorry, is this a contest? I I hate to break it to the New York Times, but it's not the Rape Olympics here. If it was, I'd be pretty sure you'd win the gold for diversion and whataboutism. By the way, none of the accusations against Biden are as bad as the accusations against Heinrich Himmler. Okay, what what exactly does that have to do with anything? I I don't understand. The Times uh, bulks the article up with paragraphs like this. A spokeswoman for Mr. Biden said the allegation was false. In interviews, several people who work with the Senate office with Mrs. Reid said they did not recall any talk of such an incident or similar behavior by Mr. Biden towards any of the women. Two office interns who worked directly with Mr. Reid said they were unaware of the allegation or any treatment that had troubled her. Finding people from around the area that didn't know anything about the incident uh, but found it out of character, that kind of used to be off limits. When 65 different women who knew Brett Kavanaugh at the time in question released a letter saying for the entire time we've known Brett Kavanaugh, he has behaved honorably and treated women with respect. It was a subject of mockery. Oh, congratulations, everybody. You found some women that Brett Kavanaugh didn't rape. Whoa. Dr. Blasey Ford told no one about her accusation against Kavanaugh until at least 2012. But as the Times story notes, a friend said that Ms. Reed told her about the alleged assault at the time in 1993. A second friend recalled Ms. Reed uh, telling her in 2008 that Mr. Biden had touched her inappropriately and that she'd had a traumatic experience while working in his office. Reed also told her mom about the incident as well, she claims. So we now not only do we have to abandon the concept of believing all women for Reed. We also have to do it for multiple additional women that she told as well. And or we have to get rid of the idea that telling someone contemporaneously is proof that the incident took place, which is it's not, by the way. I don't know if anyone. It's not. It's not proof. It's evidence, maybe, but it's not proof. These are foundational arguments of the entire Me Too movement. But if a couple of abused women need to have their stories ignored later on to defend Biden today, eh, okay, that's fine. I love this line in the article as well. Both friends agree to speak to the Times on the condition of anonymity to protect the privacy of their families and their self-owned businesses. Why not protect the families and careers? Why on earth would you go out of your way to point out that they own businesses? You're just leaving breadcrumbs to whatever nut job who wants to harass them. Uh, Why would you do that? This all flies in the face uh, of the way accusations have been treated when it's directed at the right people. A completely credible writer, E. Jean Carroll, accused Trump of basically the same thing Reid is accusing Biden of. She was blanketing cable news. Um, oh, it was charming. It was yes. exciting. Remember what Donald Trump was like in 95, 96. On the counter were these fancy lingerie boxes that they used to have back in the 90s. Yeah. 
You wore lingerie in the 90s, I'll bet, Joy. Well, he didn't suggest it. He <laughs> shouted it. He shouted Lingerie. <laughs> lingerie. He may have shouted underwear. Yeah. I, you okay. Know, okay. Were you scared? Were you no, angry? No, you... I was too panicked to be scared. Too panicked to be scared, okay. Totally, and I put my life on the line. Do you think that you're going... Well, hold on a second. What do you mean you put your life on the line? Well, people have told me I have to be careful. You've gotten death threats. I am not looking at death threats. I... <laughs> I did something about Anderson Cooper and all those clips makes me laugh. Uh, yes, uh, I guess, you know, if you look at E. Jean Carroll, she was just oozing with credibility there, I think. And sanity, by the way. Um, when Michael Avenatti came forward with an accuser that, a char- that charged Brett Kavanaugh with possible gang rape, the press embraced her. Only later did we learn that she'd been previously sued for inappropriate sexual behavior. And when confronted, she had made false and retaliatory accusations. Not to mention, none of the people she said witnessed the gang rapes actually witnessed the gang rapes. In fact, one of the people she named didn't even know who she was. Oops. I will say this for the Times. At least they acted like they were trying to be consistent. Biden's accuser had a complete media shutout from almost everybody else. One other fun detail. In the same paper, where Biden's Me Too was kind of disregarded and buried, Joe received space for his own unchallenged op-ed to illustrate how he would save the country from this coronavirus. A double standard is impossible to ignore, but the media has perfected the art of targeted indifference. Get ready for the next seven months, because you're going to see a lot of these dark arts performed over and over again. When you're in the middle of these really difficult times, I don't know about you, I kind of find my way to to get real joy out of those like staples, the things I really love. Uh, If you are the type of person who loves a great cup of coffee, you are going to love Black Rifle Coffee. Why? Because, first of all, it's great coffee. But second of all, it's veteran-owned, and it's operated uh, by people who actually are sane. Uh, we're talking about people who understand how uh, to, to brew a, a great cup of coffee and to kind of give you a little bit of comfort in the middle of this craziness. And I'll tell you this. These are people who love America. They're people who fought for it. They're people who did a hell of a lot more than I've ever done for America. Um, And now they're doing even more again because they're giving you black rifle coffee uh, whenever you need it. Uh, This is the highest quality beans from around the world, and they always roast their order uh, to order their coffees uh, for you after you place um, your order and you place it online. They're not not shipping you a bag that's already done. They're going to roast it afterwards to give you the freshest coffee available. They develop their explosive roast profiles with the same mission focus that they learned as military members serving this great country. All Black Rifle Coffee Company blends are available in whole bean and ground varieties, and they also have many roasts available for uh, us lazy people who like the little round things that we stick in the machine, and it's, it's just a lot easier with the single-serve situation. Um, they've got those, too. Best way to enjoy this uh, uh, freedom-filled coffee is with the Black Rifle Coffee Club. you got to check this out. You choose the amount and the blends that you crave, and they offer it to you at a special discounted price, ship-free, directly to your home or office every single month. Uh, This added convenience allows you to help uh, working hard, uh, making uh, the American uh, experience everything that it is. And, you know, plus you get super caffeinated on the way. That's very important. It's like crucial to the American experience. We need caffeine. 
Wake up to America's coffee by going to blackriflecoffee.com slash stew. It's blackriflecoffee.com slash stew. Enter the discount code stew to receive 20% off your first order of any coffee products, including the Black Rifle Coffee Club. It's blackriflecoffee.com slash stew. Use the promo code stew because that's how they know you like this stupid show. Plus, you'll receive 20% off. Ami Horowitz takes Man on the Street interviews to a whole new level. He has an uncanny talent for getting people to admit what they're actually thinking. And what they're actually thinking is usually terrifying. In his latest edition of Ami on the Loose, he took to the streets of Greenwich Village in New York City to pose this question. Would you go for this deal? Coronavirus lasts longer and is more severe, but President Trump loses the election. Here's a quick peek at some of the responses. Would you go for this deal that the coronavirus lasts longer and is more severe, but the president guarantees to lose the election? That's a hard question. So that's a hard question. I don't know. That's a hard choice to make. Sorry, guys. I would go for the longer virus. I want him gone. Okay, no matter what. No matter what, yeah. Would you make that deal? Sure. Sure. Yeah. I would. I would. Uh, yep. Yeah? Yep. Frankly, yes. Hell yeah. Yeah. You make that deal? Absolutely. Do you take that deal? I would. That's a little Yeah. Let the coronavirus be more severe. I'd much rather he himself got it be. Seems totally normal and well-balanced. Uh, happy to welcome uh, filmmaker Ami Horowitz to the program. Ami, thanks for doing this, man. I appreciate it. Oh, it's a pleasure. Great to see you, Stu. I, great to see you, too. I, I just can't believe what you found here. I mean, I, as a theoretical mental exercise, that question is disturbing that you could think that someone could answer it that way. But you found tons of people who actually did. How disturbed were you by this? You know, oftentimes when I, when I shoot a video, I think to myself, okay, this is probably not going to work because it's just too crazy. There's no way they can possibly believe this. And the reality is I, I always seem to, or they always seem to outdo themselves. And um, this, was, this was no different. I thought there's really no way they're going to agree to it. Certainly not on, on camera. There's no way that they would <laughs> actually say this out loud. But the majority of people that I spoke to, these are not, I would say, Pelosi supporting Democrats. These are leftists, right? Mm -hmm. This is a self-selecting group in the East Village. But this was the majority of respondents who would say that not only they want a more severe coronavirus, which leads to more deaths. When I say to them, what's the number, right? How many people, million people, two million people would it take for you to change your mind? Um, There was was no number. They kept saying, no, no, no. I, I am happy for... Uh, this to happen as long as Trump loses the election. So, yeah, there you go. What can I tell you? I mean, theoretically, like the reason you want a president to do a good job would be to help protect people's lives. If you're guaranteeing that millions of people are going to die, what is the purpose of having a different president in the first place? Oh, Stu, you're so naive. <laughs> Come on. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, so you actually did at least find some people who said, no, I'd rather have people live and deal with Donald Trump, even if he's a president. And I don't like there were at least some examples of this. Thank God. Yes. I, about, the numbers are about 60 percent would do that, would in fact allow for more death to happen. Then uh, and, and had Trump lose the presidency. But there were about 40 percent who said, no, that's crazy. I wouldn't do it. But, you know, look, it really does 
at the end of the day, point to um, the, the, I think at the heart of the ethos of the left and the hard left in particular. And what I mean by that is the left has always felt that philosophy and political doctrine was more important than humanity. It's the reason I'm not comparing these people to Mao or to Stalin or, 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 or Pol Pot, but those are the reasons why you have 20% of, of the Cambodians were slaughtered under Pol Pot. And the reason why you had 50 million Chinese who were starved and killed by, by, by Mao and 20 million by Stalin, because they cared more about philosophical doctrine than humanity. And, and this is kind of in a smaller way showing the same kind of idea. Yeah, it's, 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 it's really interesting to watch uh, to watch it because, you know, that is what always happens in these situations when it comes to basically socialists and communists. We get down this road far enough and there's always a question as to why isn't this communism working? It's supposed to be working. We all were told it was going to work so well. And, you know, Mao famously, look, just keep going, keep going, keep enforcing this. I don't care how many people die. We have to prove that this is going to work. And there's never an end to that. I mean, once you start putting the collective above individuals, you walk down some pretty dark roads. Uh, and we, I mean, unfortunately, the social experiment kind of proves it, right? Is that, yeah, they're, they're the, the, the collective to them. And when I say even the collective, the collective, it doesn't even mean the, the, the most amount of people, the majority of people. Mm-hmm. It's really all about philosophy. It's all about political doctrine to them. That's really more important than even the collective good of the people, because ultimately they think if the philosophy that they have wins out, if, if communism wins out, um, that ultimately everybody will benefit. It doesn't matter what the, the, the near-term costs are. And, and that's really what it comes down to at the end of the day. It's, it, they really don't care so much about the collective in terms of their own people. They really don't. It's really about the philosophy and that ultimately they believe it will be better for everyone. Uh, you know, obviously, it's jarring to hear people answer those questions that way. And, you know, it's jarring to see, you know, the middle of New York City seeing masks on people's faces. I know to me, you know, we did the show there for a long time. Just looking in the background, there's no cars passing by. There's no people really passing by. I mean, it's a it's a it's, there's not a lot going on where you are, which is it's pretty interesting. Uh, how long ago did you actually do the video? We did it about a week ago. So right in the middle of, of the pandemic, look, look how, look how I am willing to put myself at risk yeah. to entertain you folks. <laughs> but the truth is, is that it, we had to be there for a while to just stop, be able to stop people. I'm yeah. shocked actually anybody actually stopped. We try to keep that six feet if possible. But if you were shooting kind of a post-apocalyptic New York City, this movie this is the time to do it because it's eerily kind of empty. The streets are very eerie and kind of weird in that sense. Um, it's, you know, de Blasio, I, I've always known as a communist, but I didn't realize that I'd be waiting in bread lines because literally you're waiting in line 10, 15, 20, sometimes 30 minutes to get into a store. It's really bizarre. And the store around the corner for me, once you get to the front of the line, they give you like a ticket with a, with a time stamp on it. And it, you only have 10 minutes to shop and then you got to be out of oh there. So, yeah, the whole thing's really bizarre. I, you know, who knows when it's going to end, but. It is what it is. Well, in, in a way, that that's what it, it hit me as I was watching that, and I saw, you know, how empty the streets were. That you guys are in the middle of this. You know, in Texas, like we know what's going on, but it doesn't feel as urgent as it must feel being in the middle of New York City to be willing to trade human life while you're sitting in the middle of New York City to to win an election. It's just it makes it that much more powerful. It's it's insanity. 
you know, it, it's it, look, it, it the thing, it's terrible any way you slice it, <laughs> anywhere you are. But maybe, maybe if you're in Nebraska and you just <laughs> don't know what it's like, and you know, nobody's really dying of it, it's, it's all theoretical to you. But in New York, like literally 800 people are dying a day from mm. this thing. And so you, there's no way you like you really can contextualize what you're saying because you're living in the heart, in the middle of, of the epicenter of this thing. And they still, still knowing what the tragedy of this of this thing is like, would rather this go on longer and have more people die to make to score a political point. It's so sad. I can't. It, it, did, it really broke my. Sometimes it's funny. And in this case, look, obviously, you've got to laugh at it. But it's uh, it was so it really was heartbreaking. And it was nice. Oftentimes, to be honest, I'm looking. Look, it's better for me and for the video if everybody kind of agrees with whatever crazy premise I'm coming up with. But I was actually I felt better. I felt good <laughs> that there was at least a chunk of people who wouldn't make that trade. So that was a good thing, I guess. Yeah, that's a, that's a positive. Um, let's just step back for a second and just talk about the the situation in general. You're in the middle of New York City. This is like you know this is the you know the epicenter, obviously, of of the the situation in the United States. How is it being handled? Both, I mean, we hear so many great things about what you know, Andrew Cuomo, and he's this miracle worker. Apparently, um, that is what we're told across the country. I don't necessarily see that. How do you see his performance? Do you, how do you judge Trump's performance from from where you're sitting? And of course, De Blasio as well. Well, uh, let me take uh, De Blasio. Okay, let me take De Blasio and Cuomo at the same time. Mostly Cuomo. He's being hailed. I don't know. They're talking about pulling Biden, putting in, uh, uh, you know, uh, Cuomo. Look, the New York Times, which I, who I'm not a big fan of, I'm sure you're not either. Mm-hmm. Um, they had a two back to back article. Which nobody, people are talking about this Trump article, about how, uh, tr- you know, Trump didn't move fast enough and he had all these memos and there's a whole expose. And of course, you have all the media talking about that. The tr- and nobody's talking about this back to back just damaging, just destructive articles on Cuomo and de Blasio on how the first article was about how they made all the wrong decisions going in. They, they were told that, that this is going to be a problem, but they told everybody, get back in the subways, don't worry about it, go to restaurants, enjoy yourselves. They would not pull the trigger on this thing until it was way too late. So that was a one, just, just destroy them, slay these guys, the article about how late to the game they were. And then the next article, the next day, was about how now they're taking the exact opposite of approach. So it really was, they, they, they couldn't win on both sides. They really did a terrible job from, from, from both ends. And um, yeah, but nobody's talking about it. I think they did a terrible job. And then you know, on top of it, they're like begging, you know, they, they overplayed it, right? They're begging, they're telling, remember, do you remember this? They told Trump, you choose who's going to die, what New Yorkers will die unless we get our 40,000 respirators. And the president was the one telling them, look, you know, you know slow, your, slow your, your roll there. I don't think you're going to need all of that. We're going to need that other parts of the country. And the reality was they didn't need out of it. We flattened the curve. We, we, they built, you know, they had these empty you know, army hospitals they built. They brought in that ship, the Mercy or the Comfort. I can't remember which one. They built a field hospital, Javits Center. They built a field hospital in Central Park. And they're empty. They're empty. And they took resources away from other places. So I don't think they did a good job at all. I think they did a terrible job. 
Uh, Which is par for the course for, for both our mayor and for our governor. Yes, very, very par for the course. Do you have uh, something, two, two things, we got about a minute left. One, do you have anything on Trump? Because I, I'm interested in, in someone in the middle of this, seeing how this is going, how you feel about that. And two, can you picture going back to normal in New York City anytime soon? I think the first one, the last one first. Yes, we have, an, the human, humans have an incredible ability to forget. Thank God. Because <laughs> yeah. if we remembered everything, our lives would be terrible. Um, so I think we will go back to normal. I think we're going to move away from this, believe it or not. And on the Trump thing, I'll tell you this. I think the media is handing Trump the election. They made this thing to be so bad that it was going to be the end of civilization. That this was anything but Mad Max, he's going to look good as the guy who, who's able to stop this virus because they made it seem like it was going to be the end of humanity. So they set it up for him to succeed because the bar was so low and he absolutely exceeded that bar. So I think they're handing Trump the election to be honest. All right. Ami, Ami, Ami Horowitz, where can uh, people go to find your videos? Uh, they can go to AmiHorowitz.com, uh, the the, the depository of all things Ami Horowitz, do. That's the place to do it. AmiHorowitz.com. Thanks so much for coming on the program. Appreciate it. Back in a second. Sanjay Gupta said that's this is all because we got started too late in the U.S. Is that right? Do you agree? You know, it isn't as simple as that, uh, Jake. I'm sorry. I mean, uh, to just say this is all happening because we got started too late. Obviously, if you look, could you have done something a little bit earlier? It would have had an impact, obviously. But where we are right now is the result of a number of factors. The size of the country, the heterogeneity of the country. It's, I think it's a little bit unfair to compare us to South Korea, where they had an outbreak in Daegu and they had the capability of immediately, essentially shutting it off completely in a way that we may not have been able to do in this country. So obviously, I would have been nice if we had a better head start, but I don't think you could say that we are where we are right now because of one factor. It's very complicated, Jake. Can you tell me what the hell is wrong with that? What, what, why is there a controversy over that statement? He's not even being critical of Donald Trump there. For some reason, there's so many people who want the guy fired because of statements like that. It's like, He's saying something that is obvious. Yes, of course, we could have, in theory, we could have, yes, locked down the entire country in in January. Um, But as he points out, we don't have the ability to do that like they might in South Korea or China or somewhere else. Um, I don't even under, he's not even being critical. He's just saying, look, this is happens every time you have um, a, a situation where, like, if you're if you're playing uh, roulette and you you put your money on red and you hit it and you've you've doubled your money and then they say well, you want to you want to push it for another round you say well yeah I guess I could and then you lose and you say well I guess if we would have known earlier to take the money off the table it would have been better well of course it would have uh, yeah and we all know that he's not saying that we made some massive mistake there he's being uh, he's pointing out the obvious that obvi- you know look it would be great. If we if we knew how this was going to end up, we probably would have done some certain things different. But that's just how it uh, it's how life is. It's how you do every every single time. You know, you, you switch one lane. You're in traffic. You switch one lane. You get over to the other lane uh, and then it stops in front of you. Well, sometimes, you know, you, that happens. You should have stayed in the same lane. <laughs> I mean, I, these, these aren't even criticisms. I don't, I don't understand why that's controversial, honestly. I mean, Fauci, I think, has done um, uh, gone out of his way several times to 
be deferential to Trump, to point out that really it's not his role to figure out whether the economy is going to be saved or not. He's talking about the disease. It's Donald Trump's role to make these decisions um, as far as his uh, you know, recommendations, at least. He can take the advice from Fauci. He can take advice from Burks. But it's his role. And Fauci has said that over and over again. I, I don't understand why he's the enemy all of a sudden, honestly. I understand that we're all frustrated. We all want to go back to work. We're all pissed off about this. I'm pissed off about it. Everybody's pissed off about it. I don't think it's, you know, people are, the left is all going after Trump. And the right is now going after Fauci, who has no responsibility. We didn't elect Fauci, right? Trump is the one making the decisions. If you're mad at somebody, you could be mad at him. I'm not mad at him. I think he's done a generally a pretty good job walking this line. Um, you know, we do have to come up with a plan here, right, to be able to come out of this uh, out of uh, April and I think start opening certain things up and and, and, and making this a thing again um, when it comes to the economy. But I, I just I feel like we're going down this, you know, it feels like there's a certain element of uh, of the right that's going down this road of just like, I hate Anthony Fauci. He's he's the one screwing everything up. Even if that is your belief, the blame goes to Trump. The blame does not go to Fauci. Who cares what Fauci's saying? Trump could just ignore him. He ignores all. He ignores people all the time. That's why he's the president of the United States because he ignores. He ignores his consultants. Do we not? Do we not remember how he got elected? He can't stand listening to people who give him advice that he doesn't like. So he blows them off and he does. The, he does what he believes is the right thing. I think quite clearly, at least until this point, what he's believed is the right thing to do is listening to Fauci and Burks, and that may change at some point. Um, he may very well decide soon it's time to step away from that uh, that's that side. Now that we've been able to build up some masks and build up some ventilators and we're all you know ready to go, ready to handle something, um, an outbreak if one occurs, it might be time to move on from that advice. But I, I don't think I don't know. It just doesn't seem like vilifying these guys. We get to this point where in this country sometimes we just have to have this like main figurehead that everybody's talking about. The left is constantly makes every single thing about Donald Trump, whether it has anything to do with him or not. And, you know, now it's, you know, like it seems like at least some on the right are kind of finding that with Fauci. I, I know, to me, it feels a little misguided, but, you know, eh, who knows? What do I know? Um, I will say I know that I don't want to see any more celebrities do their stupid at home quarantine Instagram feeds. I'm sick of it. I'm tired of it. I don't want to hear their little creativity. I don't want their little shows. I don't want their little conversations about how tough their life is. Well, we're in quarantine. This is what we're doing. Well, you know what? What your quarantine is, is the thing that if we, uh, you know, win uh, the daily numbers and win $10,000, we'll go on a vacation and rent one room in a house that looks like yours. Okay? That is a... Your quarantine idea is like our ultimate dream vacation idea. So I don't really feel all that bad uh, for your your sacrifices here. Uh, Gwyneth Paltrow was doing one of these things. Uh, you know, I think Amy Schumer is now going to do one. I just keep seeing it all over the place when it comes to these celebrities. And they're all like, oh, gosh, you know, we're wow, we're going crazy. Or I can't help but drink too, so much wine. I mean, my kids are driving me crazy. How do you even find them? How do you find them in your house? You've been looking around for 45 minutes. How do you even know they're there? I mean, I, you know, I just, at some level, when you think about this sort of hierarchy, you have these celebrity houses, you have people who are well off, and maybe you have some people who are in like smaller houses or apartments. And then you would think about like the developing world, world where they have like 12 people in a hut. That's really hard to social distance there. I think, I think you'll be okay, celebrities. Back in a second. Happy to welcome back to the program, Rob Eno, Blaze TV's resident media critic. Uh, Rob, we spent the first uh, part of the hour tonight talking about Joe Biden 
in the accusations against him, kind of based around the New York Times. But in some ways, I think of the New York Times as more responsible than these other organizations, because at least they reported something about this incident. Um, Everyone else has totally ignored the accusation against Joe Biden for these uh, sexual harassment or sexual assault, really, um, accusations. Uh, what's your take on what the Times actually did? Well, I think it's hilarious, right? Because they walked it back. So, so they walked back these tweets. They've got these tweets that are like, Joe Biden has not sexually assaulted anyone except for like the seven categories we're going to list now that are on video with women ranging from like six years old to 85. Right. Except for that. Yes. He hasn't. It's called right? a disclaimer. It's That's a disclaimer. All. It's you know, a right, right. I mean, it's just absolutely <laughs> yeah. ridiculous. You know, it, it's on video. But the other part that, that's just utterly amazing is we had to believe everybody with Kavanaugh. You know, the, the people so with Christine Ford Blasey and her lawyer have come out and said, yes, the reason we did this was to protect abortion. They have come out and said that since then. And we don't believe we we believe them completely. They don't file a criminal complaint. This Tara Reid, I think her name's Tara mm Reid, files a a criminal criminal complaint. Mm -hmm. Um, But we're not really supposed to believe her because it was a long time ago and was kind of sketchy. I mean, it's not like it happened at a drunken high school party (laughs) where your memory might be freaky. Right. At at least with this, they can tell you where it happened and when it happened. We never got that out of Christine Blasey Ford. Right. We never got we never got where it even happened um, as far as the location of the house. Do we even ever have evidence that Kavanaugh and her ever met? We don't even have that. Um, Here we actually have her telling someone at the time um, that's supposed to be the contemporaneous notes thing is supposed to be, you know, an open and shut case. Uh, I kind of feel like you look at this and it's it is it's embarrassing as to how they haven't even tried to come up with a justification. It's not just like, oh, well, look, we looked at these claims and these and this is why it's different. Most news organizations have just not mentioned it. They just acted as if it didn't occur. Right. Because there's coronavirus. Right. It's like they haven't mentioned the fact that we found out that Durham has impaneled a grand jury Mm. like that. We haven't talked about. We haven't talked about the fact that footnotes in the stuff coming from the FBI said we kind of think that the whole dossier was part of a disinformation campaign by the Kremlin, (laughs) like we said for years. Right. We we don't report that because everything's coronavirus, 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 coronavirus. But even when they're on coronavirus, we're talking about hydroxychloroquine. There's a study out and I hear from The New York Times and so many other media sources that this it's failed. It didn't work. You know, Trump built this whole hydroxychloroquine thing up and now it didn't work and everybody's screwed. Right. Well, this is the best thing is Trump built it up. Right. Mm -hmm. So these people are crazy. (laughs) They think that Trump got up one morning and went. Like Aunt Sue used to have this drug that did malaria (laughs) and malaria is a virus. So I think that Aunt Sue's malaria (laughs) drug can be used for this virus. Like they think that that's what he did. There were studies. Some of them have been they they weren't fully done studies Mm because they didn't have good control groups. But we're in the middle of a crisis, I'm told. Yes. Everybody's going to die. And Mm -hmm. if we don't try everything, old people will die. Mm -hmm. So he's like, you know, I saw this might have some promise. We should try it. So in Brazil, they run a study and they've got some people that have irregular heartbeats. Well, we come to find out that that was on the high end of the dosage that's like above what they normally give people because they wanted to see if a little's good, 
Maybe, Maybe a lot's, a lot's better. better. Right. Right. And it wasn't. So it was a big failure. Meanwhile, we have doctors across the country. I've got a friend that has it that can't get it because doctors have been prescribing it. Right. Yeah. yeah. You know, there, there's it's just maybe it's not the drug maybe it doesn't work but this notion that you can't give people hope that giving people hope somehow mm. wants to kill them is just amazing to me and that's that's what it seems like across the nation when you talk to people it's like they almost don't want there to be hope yeah you know and it almost seems like they'd rather be have trump be proven wrong than actually come up with a treatment for coronavirus, which is really scary. And I think like the hope thing is an interesting part. People are using hydroxychloroquine as a substitute for treatment. Right. Right. Like they don't we don't know all the they're doing like 70 different drugs they're testing. We don't know all the names of them. It's not hydroxychloroquine specifically. It's some hope. Right. Some hope that we can find something that when a guy is on a respirator and he's 20 minutes away from death, we can pull him from a 10 out of 10 to an 8 out of 10. It's really all we need. If we can do that, we can all go back to work. We just need to have some sort of treatment. Right now, we have no defenses, which is why this thing is so dangerous. But giving a little hope is something that the president is supposed to do. Right. And, and people just don't seem to want it, especially these local officials and, and people like that that just seem to want to pile on, pile on, pile on. Oh. You know, the governor of. Yeah, I don't know if I could trust you on this one because you're in the middle of some spat. I got, I got a spat. With a, I got a spat. So the local judge here, the, the local county judge, Clay Jenkins. I, I want to kind of buy Clay <laughs> Jenkins as a tyrant dot org. I've not yet. But if somebody wants to, I don't know if I can with my contract. here. OK, mm-hmm. but um. <laughs> <laughs> he wrote, do you, so, so this is what he wrote on the 2nd of April. Do you know of any smoke shop, craft shop, or other non-essential business, not covered by CISA, Gov, whatever that is, mm-hmm. ign- ignoring my, not ignoring the, not ignoring our, ignoring my safer at home order, and putting profits over public health in your area? Report on DallasCountyCOVID.org so mm-hmm. we can shut them down ASAP flatten the curve a tattletale a little bit on my that was the part that's just oh, you yeah. know not our yeah you know not we're the all in this together we're but all this, is this together my order, but yeah. it's my order <laughs> yeah. um so i just wrote a one word thing tyrant right? <laughs> just, totally just reasonable tyrant. <laughs> reasonable yeah there you go short pithy yeah good mm-hmm. he goes i hope you get a chance to unplug from politics and have a joyful day this was on easter i'll still be here tomorrow to which i wrote well, I would try to enjoy my day, but I'm told that you're going to have cops arrest me if I jump <laughs> in my car and go drive around in the nice sunshine. So, you know, it's like, yeah. it's absolutely, I never thought that moving from Massachusetts to Texas, mm-hmm. I would have less freedoms during a pandemic in Dallas County, Texas, than I would in the state of Massachusetts. You're actually allowed to go outside and use public parks in Massachusetts and maybe walk around and not get arrested for playing t-ball with your six-year-old daughter yeah or not like in tasmania this one was my favorite one from the weekend so the tasmania it's a state in australia the tasmanian police sent out a helicopter to a remote island or a remote part of tasmania where there was one tent with one (laughs) car on the side of a cliff in the ocean and they find the person and then they thought it was a great idea to put it on their social media to say that stay at home means stay at home. I mean, this is the like these examples are really infuriating and make me want to say tyrant. Um, and also they're kind of funny, right? Like it's, it's hard to not find humor in them. 
But it's like as a policy, right? If you just step back and say, okay, what's the best way to get people to do the thing that we want to do? Because, I mean, you could say, okay, it's very important that people stay home. Don't get each other infected. I got it. Sucking the joy out of everyone's life in a way that is not at all material to the problem you're trying to solve is it's it's textbook um, uh, incompetence, because if you were to say to people like, look, this sucks, right? You can't go to work. You can't go to school. I understand it sucks. Like the parks are there, though. Go enjoy them. You want to go and hit uh, some golf balls on a golf course? Great. Just stay six feet away from each other. Do your social distancing thing. We all know you suck at golf. You're going to slice into the woods anyway. You're going to be nowhere near each other. Uh, golf is a great uh, chance for you to escape. Instead, they're, you know, church, you know what? We, we know you can't go. It's not, big groups are a problem. You go in your cars. It's a great way to do it. You still get to, you know, to worship. They are taking those things away, which don't even help the problem. And they're doing it, I think, just to show that we have control over you. Yeah, we have the power, right? Yeah. It, it's, it's the Michigan governor. So Smithfield Foods today, right? Communist Chinese owned meat. Never buy any of their brands. I just looked up their 20 brands ever again. I'm never buying oh, wow. anything mm-hmm. Chinese ever again. Okay. Nothing. That's, it's right? a, that, 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 that's where I'm at. Mm-hmm. So they're saying that they've got to shut down. They've got 300 COVID cases. There's a food shortage. You know, you've got people dumping food because they can't get it to restaurants in in Florida. I don't know if you saw those pictures of the zucchini this weekend. So in the state of Michigan, in the state of Vermont, you can't go to Walmart and buy seeds to plant them in your own yard to provide for yourself to have a COVID garden like you used to have Liberty Gardens during World War II because those are not essential. That makes me think that they don't want you to be self-sufficient, that they don't want you to do things for yourself, that they don't want you to help the overall thing. You grow food, you're not going into a grocery store and you're not getting somebody sick. But they want to control you. They want to tell you where you can go, when you can go there, how you can do it. And they're getting off on it. This Clay Jenkins dude, the Dallas Morning News yesterday, had this effusive almost making them out to be Jesus Christ on Easter, the the risen (laughs) Jesus Christ on Easter saying, if it wasn't for Clay Jenkins, we would be New York. That's just ridiculous. Ridiculous. Because the seven counties around us aren't New York. And they didn't have the shutdown. The state's not New York. Today, the NPR, NPR has a story. Southern states are going to be as adversely affected. This is like today. This wasn't Mm -hmm. like two weeks ago when the fatties like me and the guys with (laughs) diabetes, you know, down in the South, we're going to have a good time. This is after we saw that in Alabama, they didn't shut down the state until last week and their curve was flat. Right. But today they're like, oh, it's coming. It's going to be bad for New York. It's because they can't get over that, that their pristine, beautiful New York City Mm. is the worst place being hit. Well, I worked in New York City for several years. It's, it's pretty from a distance, but when you're smelling it, not quite as pretty. Uh, Rob Eno of Blaze TV Media Critic, uh, thanks for coming on the program. Uh, appreciate you coming in. You didn't have to do that. You could go on Skype or something. Hey, if you they, thanks for letting me vent. I got to get out of the house. And no. this is an essential service since it we're is. the media. We are. So if they pulled me over, mm-hmm. I could say I was doing my essential servicing. Yeah. Think about what the government's saying. If, you, if you're at home right now, they think we're more important. I mean, we don't do anything. I mean, we're, we're, all right. Rob, you know, uh, thanks for coming on the program. Blaze TV is the place to go if you want to subscribe. See all of our stuff, blazetv.com slash stew. Use the promo code stew because uh, that's how they know that you like this stupid show. Plus, they'll take 30 bucks off the price. Uh, it was a pleasure. Rob, thanks again. Thanks uh, back in a second.
Find lots of people that make a lot more sense than me. Go to blazetv.com slash stew. Make sure to use the promo code stew because that's how they know you like this stupid show. Plus, you'll save 30 bucks off your subscription. We'll see you tomorrow.